best in one moment. Guys, wow, what a morning, eh? So it's kind of been done for me, this stuff about religion, right? Isn't that interesting how God works? I mean, isn't that interesting? Don't you think? God is amazing. Who are you in Christ this morning? Anybody here doesn't know Jesus, come and see me afterwards. I'll show you the most amazing person that has ever lived or will ever live and will change your life forever. Forever. Actually, for eternity. That's not even ever. That's kind of outside of time, isn't it? How exciting is that? Are you excited about what God's doing? Because, you see, if you look at the world and you have the news on, it isn't very exciting right now, is it? There's some kind of really tough stuff going on. So do we want to focus on that, or do we want to focus on who we are and whose we are? And I just want to say this morning, this is a house of miracles. But let's not forget that the medical world are also miracle workers. I stand here in 2022 because doctors took my heart, stopped it. Yeah, they did. They fixed it by putting new arteries around. They nicked it out of my leg. And then they put it back. Took them four hours. Now, what you don't know is 40, no, 50 years ago now, my dad died of the very condition that I've been saved from. So please don't forget that the medical intervention, and Georgia will tell you, is a miracle working system. They start out, I'll, I'll end up preaching on the wrong thing, they start out in hope <coughs> because they hope that they can fix this stuff. So if you remember Christian Barnard, if you're old enough to remember, back in the late 50s, early 60s, he was saying, I can take a heart and I can fix it and I can get it going again. And he failed. And he failed. And he failed. And he failed. But what did he do? He kept on going. Why? Because he had hope. He had hope that it could work. And I'm standing here to say to you, Christian Barnard, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Because I'm alive because of you and your endeavours. Now what's that got to do with preaching? It's got everything to do with it. Because Jesus died so that we could have hope. Should we open the Bibles? What do you think? Get out your apps. You used to hear the rustling of paper. Don't hear it anymore, do you? <laughs> Anybody still got a... Oh, look. Yay, come on. Wave them in the air if you've got a baby. Come on. I got out my Bible the other day, and I looked at it. I thought, blimey, I can't even read that anymore. <laughs> i got this thing where you can enlarge the screen, you know. So we're going to go to Ephesians. Now, um, Ephesians is a theme that we're trying to present to you over a few weeks, um, probably past Christmas into January now, because Paul wrote to the church in uh, uh, Ephesus, 
which is, by the way, uh, now part of Turkey, southern Turkey, uh, on the Aegean Sea. Um, he spoke to the church, or wrote to the church in Ephesus to say, well done, guys. You're doing well. Now, later he had to correct them. I know that. But let's just focus in on what we can see here. Now, Pete started this um, preaching series last uh, week before last, actually. And he was talking about how we can live. Because we're no longer sinners. Jesus died 2,000 years ago for all our sins. And I remember Pete Carter saying this to me a long time ago now. Jesus didn't die for your sins in the future. He died for all your past. All of your future is set in what God did for you on the cross. And if you say, I am a sinner, you're denying the power of the cross. So let's be careful, because that's what we've been taught. That's what we've been taught year in, year out. Come to the table, the communion table, with your head down. I'm just a sinner. No, you're not. You're a saint. You're a saint because of Jesus. Not because of you, but because of Jesus. Right? I'm right about that, David, aren't I? Yes, I know I am because I'm onto something here. Let's read Ephesians 1, 17 to 23. Anybody want to read it out to us? Anybody? Okay, I'll do it myself. That's fine. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Guys, you could stop right there, couldn't you? I pray that the eyes of your heart, what are they? Your spiritual eyes, the eyes of your heart, may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Do you believe? Then you have incomparably great power. That's why I feel I'm being set up this morning. Started with Pearl, then Emika. The worship, the songs we were singing. There's power and authority in who we are. It's all gone quiet in here. But that's because you're thinking, this is enormous. This is huge. Or you could be thinking, no, that's not for me. That's not me. But God's saying to you this morning, it is for you. Now, I used to be a teacher, so I can get eye contact with people, right? It is for you. Sorry if I'm going to miss people. It's for you, and you, and you. It's for you. We have incomparably great power, together with all the saints, to grasp how... Oh, no, that's another bit of Ephesians. I can't go into that. I'll have to stay here, won't I? So, here we go. So this glorious inheritance and his incomparably great power for us who believe. 
That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet. How many things did he place under? Yeah. All things under his feet. And appointed him to be head over everything to the church, which is his body. That's us. The fullness of him who fulfills, or who fills everything in every way. <laughs> you could stop there and go happy, couldn't you? Go home happy? Go on then, off you go. Bye. Oh, that's not really. Oh, it's something to 12, isn't it? Yeah, it's all right. Oh, we are running out of time, aren't we? It's okay, because I'm, I'm good. So here's what the message says. It's a different version of, of that bit of text, or a bit of it. It says, so that you can see exactly what he is calling you to do. Grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life he has for his followers. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him. Endless energy, boundless strength. Are you looking for endless energy, boundless strength? What do you think, M? Be good, wouldn't it? But there it is. It's available. Now, you'll know that I spent a lot of time, over, or perhaps you don't, um, I spent a lot of time over in North Kent with a guy called Pete Carter where we learned what it looks like to think for yourself. So instead of what people were telling me, I started to think for myself. Had some very interesting journeys back from North Kent going, really? Really? Does it really say that? And I had to do a lot of thinking about uh, all that process. So we'll come back to Ephesians later. <laughs> Not much later. Um, but first I want to look at the revelation that our assignment here on earth is to bring heaven. You see, we are all seated in heavenly places. If you've given your life to Christ, he killed you. So that you could have new life. It wasn't an MOT. It wasn't a quick fix. He killed you on the cross. Nails and everything. So that you could have this unbelievable, powerful and authoritative life in him. It's good news right there. Is it true? Do we believe it's true, Ruth? We do. We believe it's true, so we have power. Have you read the book, Hosting the Presence? Bill Johnson wrote a book. Well, actually, we'll probably get a book list out, will we? For just to kind of give you an idea of where we're going with this. Hosting the Presence. You're born again, right? Where is the Holy Spirit? Right now. Where's my water? I'll take it with me. Go on. Uh, yes? Bit of interactivity here, folks. Where is he? In us. Okay. 
I said, what does that mean then? Where is God? Everywhere. But he's in us, isn't he? He's in us. It's an outrageous suggestion, but it changes everything because it changes the way you think. So I remember saying to Pete, I'm going after this. I want this. I want this 24-7 with God. I don't want this, I'm going to church, then I'm going home and I'm going to do my own thing again. I want this 24-7 thing with Holy Spirit. And Pete said to me, oh, you can um, speak in tongues 24-7. And I went, do you remember? You've probably been there when you've done it. And I go, really? What, what is that? Yeah, you do it um, as kind of a, um, a, you know how you've got a program running in the background? It's a bit like that. So I'm always speaking in tongues under my breath, not even under my breath anymore. It's just completely automatic. He is with me all the time. Only with me, of course, not with you. No, see, that's not true. He is with all of us all of the time. It's a crazy, crazy thing. And I thought, I want this. See, I'd always come to this place where I was contingent upon what I'd heard. So people telling me what we can do and what we can't do. So when I first became aware of how connected I could be, was my history had just brought me to that place. It said, yeah, but if you get close to God, you'll find out how rubbish you are. If you get close to God, you'll find out how insignificant you are. And if Emeka won't mind me saying it, he said it this morning. Because it, it trips off your tongue. I don't deserve it. You do. You do deserve it. You do deserve it. So that Christian history had taught me that you can't get any closer to God than what he's prepared to bring you to. And Pearl mentioned that this morning. And I love the way she did the mic. I can't be, oh, I could do that. Put the mic down there and do that thing with her hands. I thought that was hilarious. And God comes close to you. Here's my contention this morning, and I want you to do this now. You can lean into God right now, and you can put your head on his chest, and you can feel his heartbeat. You know that you can feel somebody's heartbeat through their chest? Why don't you do that now? Close your eyes. Use the eyes of your heart, remember? Come close to him. And if there's something telling you you can't, that is not from God. Because God wants you as close as he can get you. Right in to his heartbeat. <laughs> See, leaning in gets you closer. <coughs> it's a pretty obvious statement. But the more you lean in, the more you realize how much he loves you. And everything about you. But you don't know what I did last night, Al. But God does, and he still 
Galatia. Galatians 2.20 says this. Don't look it up. We haven't got time now. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Jesus gave himself for you. And again, the message really helpfully puts it like this. What actually took place is this. I tried keeping rules and working my head off to please God and it didn't work. So I quit being a lawman, in inverted commas, so I could be God's man. Christ's life showed me how and enabled me to do it. Who was asking how you do it this morning? That's how you do it. You lean in. You lean in and you rely on him, not on yourself. All this stuff about being yoked, I just used to think, yeah, we work together. No, no, you're yoked with the experienced one so that you just walk. He does it all for you. My grandfather used to run a farm, and he was, back in the day, very proud of his horse-drawn um, plowing. They used to do all the plowing through big machines, but he had this horse-drawn plow, and he'd have a single furrow plow that he'd put on the back of an experienced horse, and he'd run a straight furrow up the, up the field. Then he'd get the inexperienced horse, and he'd put a five-row furrow uh, on, and he would put the inexperienced horse in the furrow that they dug already, and the experienced horse would be bumping along on the top. And he said, I guarantee I'll get straight lines because the experienced horse has gone before him. Ha! Now, if you take nothing else home with you today than that, remember, it's not you, it's him. He's already got that straight furrow ready for you in anything that you do. So it's no longer important, this is going on, this is the uh, message going on, it's no longer important that I appear righteous before you or have your good opinion and I am no longer driven to impress God. Christ lives in me. The life you see me living is not mine, but it's lived by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm not going back on that. We're not going back on that. Say it to yourself right now. I'm not going back to the old way. Let's do it after three. I'm not going back to the old way. Ready? After three. One, two, three. I am not going back to the old way. I'm going to finish in a minute. But it's that rule-keeping, peer-pleasing, you know, pleasing of people, what car do you drive, etc. Religion that Pearl was talking about this morning. It would be an abandon of everything personable and free in my relationship with God. John 3 says, uh, 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Note, it doesn't say, for God so loved the church. It says he loved the 
the world. Who's in the world? Everybody. Now, I'm not preaching universalism, don't get me wrong, because this is not universalism, but he came for everybody. Everybody has a choice. If you didn't have a choice, it wouldn't be um, freedom anyway, would it? It'd be um, being an automaton. We're not that. We've got freedom to choose. So we can say to people, you're free to choose. Now, I've run out of time, but I'm just going to give you this one example. And it comes from this. Do you know what this is? This little black thing. What is it? It's a what? It's a plectrum. It's a plectrum. What's it used for, James? Picking the strings, right? Now, you can, you, you can do it without, can't you? Makes your fingers sore, apparently. We were in Ireland, in Dublin, uh, a number of years ago now, and one of the girls in our team, in our mission team, picked up a plectrum off the floor in the hall we were uh, worshipping in. Now, we don't know where the plectrum came from, whether it came from the worship band or whether it came from, you know, people that have been in there. It's a kind of a nightclub type of place that was in use. But she picked up the plectrum, put it in her pocket. We're exhausted. Get back to the airport. The airport tell us that the flight's a bit delayed. That's okay. We go and get a coffee. In the queue for the coffee, the girl puts her hand in her pocket to get some cash. You remember cash? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so get some money out. And in amongst the money is this little thing, this little piece of plastic. And she goes, oh, look at that. Well, actually, it was, col- it was a colourful one not a little black one. Um, And she said to God, as she's standing in the queue, I must have picked this up for a reason. So she said, yeah, give it to that guy that's serving us. So she said to this guy, I'll have a coffee, please. And I've got this to give you. Now, uh, we're Christians. We're going home from a mission. Um, I've got no idea what this means, but I'm supposed to give it to you. So she gives it to the guy. The guy fills with tears and says, I've been a Christian since I was a kid, and I've stepped away from him, and I've stepped away from leading worship, and I feel God's telling me, come back. Come back. Now, isn't that cool? That's nothing to what happened. So we go and sit down. There were, I think, nine of us, eight or nine of us. We go and sit down. We're having our coffee. We're talking about stuff that we've been up to. And this guy walks over with a girl, and he says, um, this girl needs an encouraging word too. <laughs> so I'm thinking, we're done, we're mission, what's going on? We're supposed to be getting on a plane and going home. So anyway, we do this, uh, we, we do a word of knowledge for this girl. A few minutes later, he comes back with another girl, and so on. And I won't go through the motions, but essentially what happened was, all the staff in that shop were introduced to us, but they were introduced to Jesus. Now, why am I saying all that? Because you never know when God is going to use you. See, the cross has released favor on the entire planet. Why isn't this church bursting at the seams? Because people don't believe. 
Now, how about that guy who picked up a plectrum? How about the girl who picked up the plectrum, put it in her pocket? How does a plectrum change somebody's life? Through Jesus, right? I better put it back, otherwise you think I'll nick it. There's two there. You always got two, I suppose, haven't you? Yeah. So, so here's my contention this morning. Whatever age you are in, uh, you are, you are in a metron of influence. Okay? So you go to places I can't go to. You go to schools, to colleges, to your place of work, to your offices. You stand at a bus stop. You pick up a plectrum. Okay? All of you, and I'm including everybody in this, because God so loved the world. And your opportunity will come this week to be able to demonstrate to somebody that Jesus loves them. Do you believe it? Or are you a bit scared? Because it's okay to be a bit scared. But remember who is driving that furrow. So... This is about our understanding of our original design, and that takes me into the, the relationship. Now, what wrecked me was his high opinion of me. Totally wrecked me. But you don't, you don't know what I've been doing, God. He says, I do, and I still love you. Our youngest daughter bent the car, brought... Um, found a pillar and went along it. You know that? Um, and we don't speak to her again. We never spoke to her after that. <laughs> See, you laugh about it, but that's what happens when you think somehow you're not worthy. You fall for the trap that the enemy has placed right in front of you. I'm not worthy. Or worse... Somebody there is flipping and flopping and enjoying God, and I don't feel anything. Hmm. That's a big one, too, particularly in this current season. You see, you have a relationship with God that's unique in the same way as your fingerprint is unique. You have a unique experience um, with him. See, God didn't make no trash. He made gold. He made jewels. He made beautiful. And when he'd made it, he said, it's good. And if you've seen the same film as, as me, you'll go, it's good. It's really good, is what he said. Isn't it? You're going to read it. I'm not telling you any lies. So we're going to be amazed when the realization of his high opinion of you lodges permanently in your brain. Galatians 5 says this, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. And here's the important bit. And do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Because that's what witchcraft is. And let's not pretend that none of that is going on. Because even as we speak, there are people planning events in these next couple of days 
that are completely dark. And we're children of light, aren't we? So we bring light into those dark places. So no time to unpack it all fully, but just loving what we're doing and loving being with you guys and seeing what's happening and just loving the experience you get when you allow people freedom to get up and speak because they have testimony that God has already set me up for. I just feel completely set up and I love it when he does that. Do you want more of him? Stand with me. It's really complicated what I'm about to do. Really complicated. Do you want more of him? Put your hands out in front of you, close your eyes and say, more Lord. More Lord. I want more of you. I want more of you. I want to be the one that is yoked to you and feel none of the pull. You do all the pulling. I want more of you. I want more opportunities to find you and to show and demonstrate your power and your authority. In Jesus' name. Amen. Wowzers. That was good. Even with Alan not unpacking all of it, I think he's given us loads of truths to feast on this week. So I encourage you to do that very thing, feast on his goodness and on the truths that we've, we've heard this morning. Thank you, Alan. You're awesome. Okay. I think we're done. It's been great to have you with us. Um, yes, come to the prayer meeting on Tuesday. Um, I don't think there's anything else to say other than we love you all and have a great week. Amen. <laughs>